All right. So, I so actually we haven't. I don't know if we were supposed to say it, but we're actually decorating after um, after church today, and um, it's for Christmas. Decorating for Christmas. So if you want to stay, you're welcome to to stay. Um, we will be ordering um, God's pizza today, and um, so because that's what we do. Um, but um, we we will do, be doing that, and I'm a little horrified at it because um, it's before Thanksgiving. How many of you? Yeah. How, so um, something a little wrong with that, but actually I'm glad to do it because Lisa has been so amazing. So we're actually doing it because of Merry Missions is happening this weekend. We wanted the church beautiful Christmas decorated for Merry Missions. And so Lisa, we do this for all that you've put together and done for us. But inside, I'm a little horrified that we are doing this. And so, so Lisa's done a great job with that. <laughs> but, um, but in a moment of pastoral pushback, Against this decoration atrocity, I am going to give Thanksgiving its fair shake for the next two weeks. Amen? And so we're going to talk about um, Thanksgiving. But before I get started, I want to ask a couple of questions about Thanksgiving. And um, just to take a little poll, raise your hands as I ask these questions. How many of, so we're going to go turkey or ham Christmas or Thanksgiving. How many of you are turkey people? How many of you are like, man, I can't wait for turkey? How many of y'all are like, I'd rather just have the ham? I'd rather just, that's actually, that's me. I'd just rather have the ham, quite honestly. Um, I mean, turkey's fine. And my sister, who always makes turkey, does an amazing job. Or how many would just say both? Would you say both? Both, I'm, all, I'm all, all about both. But my sister does make a great, I gotta be careful, but she does make a good turkey every year, except this year. She's gonna be, no, you're, oh, no, you're doing it. We're doing it a week later. That's right, right, right. Or how about this? How about this? Um, how about, uh, how about the cranberry people? How many of you are fresh cranberries? Got to be fresh cranberries. How many of you are, nope, nope, canned cranberries for me. How many of y'all are no cranberries? That would, be, that would be me. That would be me. How about this? How about the Thanksgiving Day Parade? How many of you got You got to watch it every single year. If it's on, I'm, I'm going to watch. I'm going to get up early. I'm not sleeping in. I'm going to watch all the way till Santa at the very end, right? How many of y'all, nope, nope. I don't even know if I've ever seen the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> my, especially my South African friends are like, nope, nope. Could care less about it, actually. Um, actually, South Africa, I've been to South Africa during the holidays. It is weird. It is strange because they still decorate with all the, the, the snow and all the stuff. And in South Africa, it's summer. It's summer. That's really strange. So there's like Santa with a big coat and everything. It's like, well, that's crazy. It's like like 90 degrees out here. So, um, all right, how many of you this? Uh, the next question is this, Black Friday. How many of y'all got to go? How many of y'all, so it's go or online? Just forget the online. How many of y'all got to go? You got to be out there with the crowd. Nobody, nope, got to go. Got to be out there with the crowds. What about, nope, Black Friday sales got to be online, all online. Awesome, awesome. All right, here we go. We'll do a little bit of Christmas, a little bit of Christmas. Real tree or fake tree? Where's my real tree, people? Got to be a real tree. If it's not, it ain't Christmas if it's a fake tree. I mean, it's got to be real. Now, where's my fake tree, people? At I'll just I'll just spray that thing, and it'll smell like a real tree. You know, light the candle, light the candle. The house smells like. So, amen. All right, all right. So, <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, you know, back in the day, they used real candles for those Christmas trees. That would be still real. Oh, because you're German. Because you're, well, not, you're not German, but you lived in Germany. So yeah, excellent. Excellent. So Thanksgiving, so my title of my message for this, this week and, and next week is Thanksgiving. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is. So in our, um, in our country, I want to read um, uh, part of the proclamation of uh, Abraham Lincoln in 1864 when he made um, Thanksgiving a, a national holiday. He said this. He says, uh, And now, therefore, I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, do hereby appoint and set apart the last Thursday in November uh, as a day where I desire to be observed by all fellow citizens, wherever they may be, as a day of thanksgiving and praise to Almighty God. The benef- 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 generous, we'll just say this, creator and ruler of the universe. So before actually that, before actually that, it was a, it was a, um, it was a practice in our country. It actually has always been a practice to set apart a day of giving thanks, um, giving thanks to God. Uh, and so it was long, that was a practice that was been going on and on. And finally, Abraham Lincoln just said, we're just going to make it a, a holiday. And I'm glad he did. I appreciate the fact that um, Abraham Lincoln did that also. But I also have a little bit of a thing about that. It's not just Thanksgiving Day that we give thanks. We understand as believers, Thanksgiving is a part of who we are. And it's really a, um, I was talking to my sister Lisa um, and we were talking this morning about how many of the things, like, um, like, are we commanded to give thanks? Like, we hear this, these kind of ideas. I'm just throwing this in to my message, Lisa. But we're, we're, are we commanded to do this thing? Are we commanded to do this thing? Actually, it's, we're ish, right? We are, it's supposed to be out of the abundance of our hearts that we do things for God. Because actually we are reborn, that the God's spirit now lived within us, we're, these things are supposed to come out of us. Amen? Um, uh, it's, it's amazing uh, that as we get closer to God, it's amazing how things just become more natural, that we just, we, we just do it. And the longer that we're saved, the longer that we've been following Jesus, the more, hopefully, <laughs> the more of the nature and character of God comes out of us. I believe Thanksgiving is one of those things. Thanksgiving is one of those things that should just come, just flow out of us as a heart of thanksgiving uh, to God. Let me just read some scriptures. I'm going to go through these pretty quick. Psalms 107 and verse 1, as we get started in this message, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace of Christ to which you were called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Philippians chapter four and verse six, it says, don't, be, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then um, if so many people say, I, want, I just want to know what God's will is. What is God's will? Well, First Thessalonians gives us an idea in, in chapter five and verse 16. It says, rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, giving thanks to God is God's will. You want to know what God's will is? Be thankful. Be a person that gives thanks, gives thanks to God. So 
We see it, this in a lot of different, lots of different, a lot of different places in the scripture. I've had a week off, and by the way, I heard Jessica. I haven't listened to your message, but I heard you did amazing um, last week, and you always do, Jessica. I appreciate. And I see the Georgia Bulldog shirt that you're wearing, and I'm trying to stay in the anointing this morning. I know, I know, I know. But um, but I appreciate you, Jessica. Thank you for um, filling in. You always do an amazing, amazing job. Um, but I want to go to a portion of Scripture. This really interesting portion of Scripture I want to dive into a little bit. And that's in Luke chapter 17. And I'm going to read the story. And we're going to go through and dive into this. It says this. It says, while traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. He, talking about Jesus, of course. As he entered the village, two, uh, ten men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, and they raised their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he had saw them, he told them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And while they were going, they were cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus says, we're not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told them, get up on your way. Faith has saved you. Notice several things from this scripture. The first thing I want us to picture is that these 10 guys with leprosy came up and Jesus like cleansed all of them, like in one shot. Can we just stop for a moment? Because there's other parts, and I know where your mind is. You're already like 10 steps ahead about thankfulness. Oh, I know where you're going, pastor. Can we just stop a minute? And Jesus literally cleansed 10 lepers at one time. Boom. And he didn't even do it right then. He said, I'm just go and show yourself to the priest. They turned around as they walked, right? They were cleansed. As they started going, they were cleansed. That's amazing. Let's just let's stop them and just be amazed. But then, then we get into the, the story part. And the one Samaritan says, it says he looks down and he goes, hey, I'm better. Right? I'm better. And he goes, and something clicked in this Samaritan that didn't click in the other nine. He goes, I need to go thank God, right? And he turns around and goes and thanks and falls down and gives glory to God. The first thing I want to really glean from this, beside the fact that Jesus is amazing and he, till, and he cleansed 10 people at one time, is that gratitude is not our default mode. That is not our default mode. I don't know if you woke up in the morning, this morning, and he went, oh. you know, what's that song? My dad used to sing this song every single morning. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. How many of y'all know where that's from? Oklahoma, right? the movie musical Oklahoma. How do I know that? Because my dad sang it to us every single morning. And it was not always a bright golden haze on the meadow. We didn't have a meadow, dad. There's no meadow. The corn, we don't have elephants and corn. 
you have to know the song for all my Oklahoma fans. Um, but the, uh, there, there was not, I didn't wake up this morning and just bing, glory. God, I feel so blessed. You know why? At my, at first thing I woke up was like, oh yeah, I'm not, in, I'm not on vacation anymore. That was actually my first thought when I woke up. I go, where am I? And I, actually, I woke up thinking I was still in, that, in a bed. And I was like, nope, I'm here. I'm home. And I was like, and then I was really grateful that I got to see all you again. But I didn't wake up. Like, that's not our default mode, right? I don't know about you. Maybe there's somebody in your house that they wake up and they're just like, glory to God. They're just like immediately, like the first default thing, they just go for it, right? Um. When you, and when, you, when things go bad, like your first thought is like, you know what, this thing went bad, but I'm so grateful for everything else that I have. That is not our default. It's, it's not. It's not. Um, there, so I'm going to tell a little bit, tell a couple of stories. I'm going to tell a couple of stories. One on a lady that we saw at a Starbucks yesterday morning. Was it, it was yesterday morning. Was that yesterday? Yesterday morning. We're about to drive back, so we stop and... Um, um, uh, there's not a lot of Starbucks where we were going, but um, there was not a lot of good coffee. So when we had the opportunity to go to a Starbucks, we just went to a Starbucks and we got some Starbucks coffee. And it was, let me just say, it was, it was one of those mornings. It was a Saturday morning at a Starbucks and um, it was not going well for those employees, those poor employees. How many of y'all have been to a restaurant or place where they go, you feel bad because it is, it's not going well for them, right? And so they, um, so it was just like things were going bad and you, people were like frustrated. It just had a bad vibe to that whole place. You know what I'm talking about? You've been, you've been there? And, um, and so, and there was a lady in front of us and she ordered a, her lemon loaf with her coffee. And so, um, and she goes, well, ma'am, um, we're actually out of our lemon loaf right now. Um, is there something else that you would buy? And like her eye roll and her, uh, like the horror that the Starbucks didn't have a lemon loaf <laughs> while she's ordered her, you know, her other coffee. And so, and so um, you know how it is. You order, if you've been to a Starbucks, most of us have been to a Starbucks. You go to the Starbucks, you order, and then you move down, and you wait for them to call your name, uh, and get, you get your stuff. So she said, well, I guess I'll just, she goes, well, I guess I'll just have the gingerbread loaf. Like, oh my God, sorry, the gingerbread loaf and your, you know, $30 latte, you know, whatever. And so, um, so, she, so she goes down, she moves down, and um, they call her name. And she goes up and expects to get her coffee and her gingerbread loaf. And the lady says, you know what? We're out of our gingerbread loaf, too. <laughs> and literally... Do you remember, as, as the Lord is my witness, I have never seen such a distraught person. The lady, she didn't say anything, but you would have thought like she had lost her dog. You had, lo- you had thought that she had, her dog had just killed over and died. And like, she was like devastated. She was devastated. And then with a, with, she was devastated with a hint of anger. But it was, I, was, I was amazed. I was like, how are you that upset? About not, I mean, I understand. Oh, listen, I understand. You know, you wanted your lemon loaf, and then you're like settled for the gingerbread, and then now what? Well, now what is there? So, in, in, the, in all, so I sat back and I looked, and, um, you know, I started judging her. 
like good pastors do. And I looked at her and said, man, look at you, American citizen. Wow. Greatest country on the planet. I said, you got, you got your, you got your, you paid like $20 for your latte and your gingerbread loaf and you had the money to do it. It's extra. And look at you. You're like all upset. Like your whole world is crumbling apart. <laughs> crumbling because you don't have your loaf. And then the Lord began to deal with me. And I started to remember how I woke up that morning. And I went, this is my last day on vacation. And I started grieving. And I woke up in a bad mood. I, so we were on one of our favorite places, the Georgia coast. And um, I woke up on Jekyll Island uh, in a bad mood. How? In, and the Lord began to deal with me. He says, so, so you were also born in this great country. And you've been married to this, one, this, this amazing woman that's put up with you for 28 years. And you're on your anniversary trip. And I have done amazing things. God has done this. Talk to me later. And just miracle, crazy event after another that God did on our trip. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, um, and so, and now you're going to wake up mad? You're going to wake up in a bad mood? On Jekyll Island. And I just, I just had to, I was, I, and as I watched, like, you know how, you know how it is. Like when you're in the middle of a situation and you've done something and then the Lord's dealing with you and like you're in public and you're like, like under your breath, you're repenting and asking the Lord for forgiveness and all those kind of things. And Lord, help me. And this is, I'm, all right, Lord, I repent for being a loser, Christian pastor guy. So, so, before, so before we take all of this judgment and cast it onto these other nine lepers, we need to take an internal look at ourselves. I'm sure those lepers were so excited that they had, they had man, we're going, I'm going to, I've been waiting for this all my life. I'm going straight to the priest so I can, you know, because the whole thing. Um, see, gratitude is not our, our um, state our normal default state is not gratitude. To be thankful, to be, a, to be a person, to recognize all the good. You know, I thought about, I thought about this. Um, actually, we were talking about it in the car yesterday on the way back. And I said, I go, you know what? It's amazing how when things go bad, how quick we are to blame God. How, why didn't God come through with, for how come God hasn't done this quite yet, right? We are quicker to blame God about things than we are to give him thanks about the things that God's done. That should tell us about the internal state of who we are. We are quicker to complain. And listen, one of the greatest um, cultural problems that we have in our nation is complaining. We have become experts on complaining. We have become experts at criticizing, we become experts at, at pointing out other people's other people's faults, right? And we have become experts. I was thinking about this this book this guy had written, and um, it's a book that helped that's helped a lot of people. And there's like a couple little things that 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 are kind of eh, ish in that book. How many even know what I'm talking about? And I've watched people trash, take everything from that book and just throw it out, like out of one. I mean, this is what we do. 
We are Americans. We know how to criticize anymore. And we've been actually given platforms to go criticize. We've been given, like, am I making sense? So as, as believers, this ought not be so. As believers, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be people that are thank- thankful. Now, are we supposed to call out things that are ungodly? Yeah, of course we are. Are we supposed to stick up for, yes, of course we're supposed to stick up for righteousness. But be careful that we don't allow that just to be an excuse just to complain about everything. Remember, we still live in the greatest country. Remember that our, our we remember we, there's still people that have fought and died for, for us to have the freedoms that we have in our, in our nation. Amen? We still have freedoms to gather together. I appreciate you saying that so much, Daniel, this morning, because there are places, and you've been to places, where it's not okay to, to do what we're doing in a public setting. Amen? So there are things that we can be grateful for. And so, um, and um, G.K. Chesterton said this. He said, the aim of life, G.K. Chesterton was a big influence on um, C.S. Lewis and, and that just a great theologian. Um, his aim, the aim of life is appreciation. Isn't that good? There is no sense in appreciating things. It, it, there is no sense in not appreciating things. And there is no sense in having more of them if you have less appreciation for them. I'm going to read that again. The aim of life is appreciation. And there is no sense in not appreciating things, then there's no sense in having more of them if you have less appreciation for them. Isn't that a true, that's a true statement. Um, in, this, in this guy, um, the, the, the um, n- notice this, um, that he came back and he gave glory to God. He bowed down and he says he went, actually he said as he came forward, he's shouting glory to God. He's giving praises to God. And then he fell down before Jesus, right? Um, but it's interesting that um, I had this thought and then I'll connect these two thoughts. I had this thought like, so as Christians, when we get together and we gather around for Thanksgiving and you gather around for your meal and you give thanks, right? And people all over this nation are gonna do. As a matter of fact, Christians and non-Christians, both. And I got to thinking about it. If you're a non-believer, who are you giving thanks to? You ever think about that? I'm giving thanks. I'm giving thanks. I don't even believe in God, but I'm giving some kind of random thanks to the universe? I'm giving thanks to what? The universe? I'm giving thanks to good fortune? I'm giving thanks to that good, good old luck, good vibes, good vibe. Giving, give, give thanks to those vibes. Where are those vibes, right? Like, or my good aura. Like, no. When we give thanks, there is an object to our thanks. We give thanks to God. Our focus is on God, not your good luck, not your good fortune. Not true, because Scripture says that every perfect, James chapter 1, verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who there's no change like shifting shadows. Scripture says that we give thanks to God. You understand that's part of our communion with Him is thanksgiving and giving of thanks. Um, I want to read another story because I have a little bit of time. And it's Joshua chapter 4. Um... 
I think I'll just tell the story. Joshua chapter 4, this story is found in Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4 is the story of Joshua crossing over the Jordan to go into the promised land. If you don't know, this, the story goes like, like this. God had promised them the land, that God had given them a, a land, and that they were about to go in and, uh, and um, claim that land. Um, and so, But they had this river, and this is not to be confused with the crossing of the, um, in the Exodus story, of the crossing of the... Um, Red Sea, this is a crossing of the Jordan to get into the promised land, right? And so, um, so they go up to the, they go up to the, this, the, the river bank, they go up there, and all of a sudden God parts the water, and they walk on across, just like the Exodus story, they walk across on dry ground. And an interesting thing happens, in the middle of that, God instructs Joshua that when you go through the middle of the sea, take 12, actually go get 12 guys from all 12 tribes of Israel, go get those guys and have them take big rocks and take them to the other side of the river. And he said, when you get over there, I want you to set that, those rocks over to the side as a memorial stone and build me an altar with those rocks that came out of the middle of the, of the sea. And so they do that. And it's interesting, and I'll just go ahead and it's not, not going to be up on the screen, but in, in uh, verse 19, we'll start, I'll start from there. And it said, the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and camped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones that they had taken from the Jordan and said to the Israelites, in the future, when your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of those stones? You should, tell them, you should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you, and in, and, uh, before you until they had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before this until we had crossed over. This is so that all the people of the earth, all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is strong and that you, will, that you may always fear the Lord. But the interesting thing happens. So that's obviously, so what we see is they take the stones and he says, hey, I want you to remember. What do I want you to remember? That we couldn't do this on our own. This thing that happened for us, that crossed us over into the Red Sea, I mean, excuse me, over the Jordan, this thing that happened to us, it happened by the hand of God. God did something. It's like a Thanksgiving offering to him, to thank God and remind the people that it's God who has done the work for them. When we're people who do not, are, we're not thankful people, we're tempted to forget that those things that wait, the reason I stand here today is by the grace of what God has done for me. And I have to remember that if it hadn't been for the Lord, as the psalmist says, all my enemies would have came, would have attacked me and, and overtook me. But no, God was on my side. I can look back and I go, God, thank you, God, that God, you, you gave me an amazing wife. I want to thank you, God. First of all, God, I thank you, God, that there's a, a little church up in Canton, Georgia. God, that you rescued my life, that you sent me a pastor who understood how to be a pastor and raised me up and believed in me. When nobody else believed in me, he believed in me. Thank you for pe- being those people into my life. And I remember, I remember my heritage of my family that took me to church, even when I didn't want to go to church. 
Even when I was bored, singing hymnals and all those things. Even when I was bored, sitting there, I thank God that that was my beginnings. And I remember that God, even though, and then time when I turned away and then God received me back. See, these are things that I need, if it hadn't been for those things, I'm not where I'm at. And if I'm not careful, I will forget. I will forget what God has done. And God told those guys, those, the, God told Joshua, don't ever forget what I've done for you. Matter of fact, build an altar. And then there's an interesting part of this story that people kind of forget. That did you know that Joshua, he must have taken a moment for himself. Because after, actually, if you go back up a little bit, he says, um, he says and they carried them to the tent camp. Talk about the rocks. Then it says this, Joshua also set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan. Did you know there were there was two altars made that day? One was in the secret place, I believe, of Joshua's own heart. He says, I want to do this because I don't ever want to forget. I want to, every time I look at the Jordan, I want to remember that me and God had a moment where I set up these rocks. I set up these stones for me and the Lord. And when the water would come over, nobody would see it. But you know what? Me and God know. Me and God know that, that altar is there. There are places in your thankfulness. There is corporate worship where we all thank God together. But there are moments of you and the Lord where you stop and you on purpose remember what God has done for you. And your own, the quietness when nobody else sees. Nobody else will ever know. I personally believe that nobody else would ever know that Joshua did that. What are you doing, Joshua? I'll be there in a minute. Just give me, I, got, I need a minute while the walls of water are up. I'm going to take this moment. See, we need to remember that it's God. And then here's the interesting part. And before I get to, this is what we're usually tempted about doing when we talk about Thanksgiving. Well, how, and this is so crazy. I'm going to say it, and you're going to, you hope, uh, you'll probably identify with it, and you'll be like horrified like I am about this, because I do that too. That how, because you want to say, well, how does living a thankful life make me a better person? How does make, isn't that right? Maybe not. How, how does it make me have a peace, more peaceful life? As usually a lot of a lot of modern day teaching, that's kind of, it kind of goes like that. Well, if I'm a thankful person, then I'm a happy person. Well, you, you, that's a little backwards. You're a thankful person because of what God's done for you. You know what the benefit is? It does make you a happier person. But like always, when you live godly lives and you do things God's way, you do your marriage God's way, you do your you do your children God's way. But watch this. How many, of you know words, how many of you know words matter? Words matter. It says that when Jesus healed those guys, when, excuse me, when Jesus cleansed those guys, it says he went, he said, as they went, they were cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. That word cleanse simply means this. It has to do with ceremonial cleanliness. This goes, and hence why Jesus said, go to the priest and show yourself. Now you can come back in public is basically what Jesus that promises to those guys. 
And then it says this. It says, the one Samaritan looked down and he noticed that he was healed. Everybody say healed. That word there actually is, is the definition of that word is cured. Everybody say cured. So what we see is that Jesus cleansed them so that it would become ceremonial clean and evidently cured them. Now watch this. Something different happened to the other one. He said that when the Samaritan went back, interesting that he mentioned that it was a Samaritan, and Jesus says to him, your faith has saved you. Who has another translation? Saved? Huh? Made whole? That word saved is the word sozo. That word sozo has to do with saved, delivered, healed, and whole. Go present yourself to the priest, and as they went, they were cleansed. They looked down and he said, hey, I was healed. And Jesus says, he, goes, he gives him one better. He says, your faith, interesting, your faith and your thankfulness tied together, amen? There is a connection with your faith and your thankfulness. He says, your faith, your, you, Samaritan, your faith has sozoed you, made you whole, completely whole. Not just cured, not just ceremonial, ceremonial clean. We don't know exactly what all of that entails. We don't know if that was an internal stuff. Can you imagine the emotional stuff that a, a guy who had been shunned his whole life would have been, had to go through? We don't know. Some theologians believe that all of his old, all of his old scars from all of his leprosy vanished on him. He says, your faith has sozoed you. There is a different way, a different way of living. Remember, you, you get from God what, as you follow God and as you submit to his ways, blessings come. You know, there's the whole prosperity mission that I get it, right? But there is truth. Like not, we, we get, we, the more you give, the more you receive. The more thankful you are, blessings come. I love what C.J. Chesterton says. Why would God give us more if we're not even grateful for what we got? If we're just complaining all the time and complaining and this doesn't happen, that doesn't happen, this doesn't happen, that doesn't happen, and we forget what God's already done in us, Notice that the faith and thanksgiving are connected. See, now let me read. I'm going to read the, um, so like I said, every year in our nation, they would celebrate a day of Thanksgiving. And the year before Abraham Lincoln actually um, made it a holiday, for that, but the year before that, in 1863, Lincoln made this proclamation for Thanksgiving. He said, this year, this year that is drawing to a close, he said, has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthy skies. To these bounties, we are, we, we are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget 
the source from which they have come. Others have, have been added, we are so, uh, we, uh, which are so extraordinary by an, an extraordinary in nature, you know, oh my gosh, this is old English, that they cannot fail to penetrate so often a heart, blah, 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 which has been given have over the watch. Uh, we are prone to forget. Amen. We are prone to, Abraham Lincoln recognized that we are prone to forget. And we're prone to forget where our blessings come from. You and I were both prone to forget. And so when we're prone to forget, I'm going to give you a little insight into next week, but we're prone to let that be a default way we live. And I want to encourage you, don't be like that. Don't be, I always call it, don't be the, when you grow older, don't be the grumpy old get off my lawn guy. Right? Be the person that gives blessing. Be the person who knows where that comes from. And you know what it's going to take? Anytime something's a default measure, a default way of living, it's the only way, the only, I wish it was magic. I wish you could snap your fingers. I wish you could call you up here, lay hands on you, and it'd all be better. But the only way is through a disciplined life of thanksgiving. You have to do it on purpose. There's no other way. There's no other way than to be on purpose about, especially uh, the scripture that talks about it just reminds me, it says that be careful that the world doesn't squeeze you into its mold. I love that. I mean, I hate that and love it because it reminds me that as, as much as we as Christians say that we are different from the world, man, the world has a way of closing in and squeezing us into its mold of being people that aren't thankful, the people that just over-criticize, the people that, that um, find fault and whatever we can find fault in instead of finding the good. Um, and we're going to talk about that. How do you, how do you, how do you work, walk that discipline life out to be people that are thankful? I don't know about you. I love hanging around people that are thankful. You know, I mean, what, what does that do to somebody when you just go, you know what, man? I'm so thankful that you're here. I'm so thankful that you sit on the second row, and no matter what I'm saying, you're always smiling. I appreciate that so much, right? Right? I appreciate it. And, and to tell somebody you appreciate them, isn't that great? Those people are, like, infectious, right? There are people that you want to, you want to be around. Maybe they'll say something nice to me, right? right? You're like, but this is the way we are supposed to live. We're supposed to live in this attitude of thankfulness. How many of y'all, y'all can just say, man, I need to work on this? Can we do for the next two weeks work on this thing called thankfulness? Can we just, can I put that challenge out there that just says, hey, for the next two weeks, two weeks, just two weeks, and then you can go back during the Christmas holidays and be whatever. But two weeks, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's all stand together. For two weeks, can we be people who are thankful? Amen. And remember Thanksgiving.